Hey, 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 welcome to Slices, an investing podcast from Hatchet Capital. In this podcast, we talk investing, but we also tell stories that make us laugh and think. To be frank, this is a bit of an audio journal for me, so expect randomness. But I hope you find it entertaining, and I hope you walk away from every episode learning at least one thing. I want to talk about luck today and how to seize it. They say luck is when preparation meets opportunity, but how does the prepared mind grab opportunity? Today's story is going to include scandal, history, and a trait I admire most in investors, the ability to cut through the noise and see reality for what it is. I want to talk about an aspect of an investment that I've never seen before, and that investment is a famous one. It's Warren Buffett's 1963 bet on American Express, the investment that many say opened the door to him changing his entire investment style. So let's rewind the clock and set the stage of the 1960s. In 1963, America has officially entered the space age. John F. Kennedy has already delivered his famed speech at Rice University, we choose to go to the moon. And the aviation industry, along with all of America, is buzzing. But something else is happening in aviation. In 1960, for the first time in American history, it is affordable for the middle class to travel by plane. Domestic travel begins to boom. And critically to this story, for the first time America is exporting to other countries not just goods, we're exporting ourselves. Americans are touring all over the world internationally in spades. Now this leads to a critical challenge. How the heck do you pay for things in other countries? Remember, it's not 2023 where we all have international credit cards and Visa and MasterCard are on every corner. And it's certainly not today where we have ATM machines and international debit cards available. It's definitely not a time period where communication is in your pocket, both physically and digitally. Today, if I go abroad and my card is lost or stolen, I just open an app and get it resolved. Back then, if you lose your money, it's gone and good luck contacting someone. So this acute problem brings rise to the traveler's check. Some of you may know what they are, but I imagine most of you have no idea. A traveler's check was quite the innovation. It looks just like cash, but it's really a check. And you can spend it like cash, but it required your signature. So if you lost it before you signed it or got robbed, it was fully insured by American Express and you did not have to worry about risk of loss. But if you wanted to spend it, it was treated like cash. And the trusted brand in Traveler's Checks was none other, like I said, than American Express. They essentially invented the internationalized version of the Traveler's Checks. And these checks are the ultimate network effect type of business. It required both people to use it as consumers, but also critically it required merchants to accept it as if it was cash. And Amex was the brand to crack that two-sided code. Their brand name became synonymous with trust, and merchants all around the world began to accept it. Interestingly, traveler's checks became so popular that some people would even use them at home, at their local restaurant or retail store, and merchants just didn't blink. The check was as good as cash. So American Express is humming along with their check business when in 1963, a scandal erupts. <laughs> You're welcome to laugh when you hear this, but this scandal was called the salad oil scandal. In short... We have a fraudster named Tino, 
And Tino creates a company that was supposedly shipping salad oil to poor countries as part of a larger federal program um, that the Kennedy administration had put in to provide food aid. And what Tino realized is that these barrels of salad oil could be used as collateral to get hard loans from banks. Through an intricate weave of conning, Tino went from bank to bank and received just about $180 million of cash with the salad oil as collateral. Let's contextualize that. $180 million in 1963 is just about $2 billion in 2023 terms. That's a lot of money. The problem, those barrels of salad oil that were going to poor countries, those barrels that are supposed to be collateral, yeah, they were barrels of seawater sitting in a New Jersey warehouse. Good job, Tino. American Express was a primary lender, and as this story breaks, overnight there are questions about can American Express be solvent? They've lent out money and the only collateral they have is ocean water. At the time, Amex's net worth was something like $80 million. So their portion of the $180 million that had been lent out to Tino was seriously threatening. And they were the biggest name associated with this. But tragedy and for Amex luck struck all the same. The salad oil scandal hits the newspapers on Friday, November 22nd, 1963. That same day, President John F. Kennedy takes a fateful drive in Dallas. That day, Americans saw their president assassinated on live TV, and a corporate scandal, frankly, was the last thing that could be on anyone's mind. This was truly grim. But for Amex, while their stock was cut in half, and that was driven by Wall Street types glued to the financial story, for Amex, there was a bigger question. There was obviously the question of could they survive, and management put together a plan, and the answer quickly was yes, and the stock was still cut in half. They were able to pay their losses, but there was a larger question, and this is the noise I'm talking about that Buffett was able to slice through. Once it was clear that Amex would survive, I think the larger question, which doesn't show up on a financial statement, was would American Express be trusted? Would their reputation be ruined? You see, you can imagine a world where the salad oil scandal hits front page news and people all around the world see it. And they say, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can trust American Express with my money. But more importantly, merchants might say, I don't know if this company survives. I'm not accepting those traveler's checks today. And if you don't accept the traveler's checks, the two-sided network breaks. And these things can happen really fast as recent events with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic show us. But due to, like I said, grim luck, but luck nonetheless, the consumer, the merchants, the public most never heard or cared about the salad oil scandal. So what did Buffett do? He went to work. He went to his local steakhouse. He actually sat behind the cash register and studied people paying and saw Amex traveler checks with repeated use. He called competitive banks and asked, were there an influx of new customers switching over from Amex? And the answer was a resounding no. He reasoned that the American public didn't know or frankly didn't care. And that while Wall Street was obsessed with this scandal, the obsession was finance noise. He cut through that and realized that the question for American Express wasn't on the financial statements. The question wasn't about the balance sheet. Amex's value wasn't on the balance sheet. The best asset that American Express had was something unquantifiable. It was trust. It was a network that was built on trust. And despite the scandal, the broader public was showing that that trust was perfectly intact. So he moved. 
Buffett puts 25% of his entire book into Amex. Within a year, American Express was worth over half of his net worth. Today, 60 years later, he still owns 20% of the company, and the investment paid itself back 20 times over. He's even said, and other people have remarked, that his ability to recognize that Amex's value was this unquantifiable thing, this trust, this network that doesn't show up on the balance sheet, is what helped give him the intuition towards something like Coca-Cola, where, again, the thing that's most important about Coke, the name, the trademark, the colors, the association, the feeling with Coca-Cola, does not show up anywhere on a financial statement. So to conclude... It's strange to consider that a tragic day could be considered luck, but to Amex, it was. And to Buffett, it presented opportunity and his prepared mind to sift through the noise, the chaos of the moment, but to recognize that there's an opportunity and recognize the reality of the situation that American Express's fundamental position, its reality had not changed despite the 50% drop in price, enabling a fascinating investment. I've seen plenty of write-ups on the math behind Buffett's Amex investment, but I've yet to see the discussion about JFK and the horrible but coincidental timing, so I thought it'd be a unique story to tell. Thanks for listening to my story on luck. We'll talk again soon.